An Australian academic says immigration is an area where Canberra could get one up on China in the strategic competition for influence in the Pacific. Last week, the Labor government passed the legislation for its new Pacific Engagement Visa category. After months of uncertainty, the legislation required to implement the Pacific Engagement Visa passed through the Australian Senate, with the Greens and other crossbenchers providing the numbers the government needed in the face of opposition from the coalition. Modelled after New Zealand's summer quota and Pacific access visas, it will be a first-of-its-kind pathway to residency in Australia for Pacific Islanders. Kuroi Hawkins spoke with the Director of the Development Policy Centre at the Australian National University, Professor Stephen Howes, about the new pathway. Uh, yeah, this is a new visa. It's a completely new visa for Australia. And it's the first time that there'll be a, a Pacific window into Australia's permanent migration program. So it's actually modelled on similar New Zealand visas. Uh, New, in New Zealand, you have the uh, Samoa quota and the Pacific Access category, and uh, this will this will have a, a similar design. Um, it'll have a a, a wider scope, uh, so it'll be open to pretty much all the countries of the Pacific um, or, or of the Pacific Islands Forum. Yeah, uh, at least those that don't already. Uh, have a New Zealand passport. So I think Cook Islands, New A are not included. Uh, I don't think the French, you know, territories will be included, but uh, most of the Pacific, it'll be open most of the Pacific Island foreign countries. And there'll be just like with the New Zealand uh, visas, there'll be a quota for each country. And the residents of that country will be able to enter a lottery or a ballot. And if their name is pulled out, they'll have a certain period say, six to nine months uh, to find a job in Australia. You know, they'll also have to pay some, pass some basic, uh, you know, health test, character test, English test. They pass all those tests, get a job, uh, they're able to move to Australia, and they can, you know, they can stay for as long as they want. They'll become permanent residents. What What's driven this? Has there, has there been a call for it? Has there been demand? Yeah, I think there are several ways to look at it. Um, you know, one way is to see it as a sort of natural evolution. Uh, in in 2007, we started the seasonal worker program, again like the New Zealand RSE, and uh, that was expanded around 2018 into the uh, Pacific Labor Scheme. So for the seasonal worker program, you know workers come for say up to nine months to do seasonal work on a farm, uh, then they go home. Uh, on, on for the PLS, they can come for up to four years. Uh, you know, perhaps to work on a farm, but most of them actually work in, in abattoirs. And this is really the next step. So those are both temporary uh, temporary schemes for the Pacific, you know, first seasonal, then multi-year. And I think this is the next step, which is uh, give, giving opportunities not for temporary, but for permanent migration. So, yeah, I think it's a natural evolution. Um, I think what's driving it are several things. I think you know, there's a, a growing realization that, you know, migration is really important for the Pacific. Um, and perhaps that aid is not the answer, you know, so we need to look at alternative uh, instruments. I think there have been calls uh, from the Pacific. Well, they, we, we know there have been. I mean, there were calls, you know, to introduce the seasonal worker program. More recently, there have been calls for visa-free access, more easier travel. Uh, so this is definitely a step uh, in that direction. Um you know, I, I definitely wouldn't uh, rule out uh, or it would be a mistake to ignore the influence of China 
you know, we all know there's a lot more strategic competition. And I think Australia is keen to uh, bolster its ties to the Pacific. And migration is something Australia can offer that China can't really. You know, Pacific Islanders aren't really going to migrate to China, but they definitely will migrate to Australia uh, if they have the opportunity. Um, and then I think the final factor is, uh, well, no, there's actually two more factors. I think one is climate change. You know, there's growing concern about climate change, and this is a this is not the solution to climate change, but it does present another option for people whose countries are threatened by climate change. And then, uh, you know, there's there's a sort of there's a sense that there's underrepresentation of the Pacific uh, in Australia. You know, the number of the the share of the Pacific diaspora. Uh, in Australia, is just a couple of percentage points. It's well below New Zealand. It's not really consistent with that sense of us being part of the Pacific family. And in particular, it's also very unbalanced uh, between different communities. So, you know, we have uh, a lot more Samoans, for example, or even Cook Islanders than we do Papua New Guineans. So those Pacific countries or citizens that have been able to come into Australia via New Zealand, you know, they've, they've come to Australia quite large numbers. But the countries that don't have that access that New Zealand's provided uh, have have really been shut out of Australia. And so this uh, visa is especially going to be targeted to countries that are larger and that are underrepresented in Australia. So, yeah, it's a long answer, but I think there are a lot of things that have come together uh, to produce uh, this uh, Pacific Engagement visa.